0: My only object in
1: being here
2: is to try and get at the truth.
0: Where shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn.
3: could have been a contender. Fasten your state. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm going to make him an awful All real, love man. Is, is love
1: is... Too weak a word. for back. I, I, you love it? I, I loathe you. Why I loathe you. Love you I did as he swore. Don't let me... If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV. Respect it, and it! remember that's what you told me it's time, Robbie.
3: Welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast.
1: And the
2: Oscar
0: goes to Parasite.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 182 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia. Time of recording: 11:09 a.m. on February 23rd, 2020, day before my birthday, actually. Which is pretty cool, all things considered. Here to join me today to talk about all things movies and film, I have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Lauren LaMagna.
0: Good morning.
3: And Rebecca Daniel. Hey. Alright, so what we're going to be uh discussing today, a few ins and outs, a few points here and there on a couple of different topics. Uh, but the main focus of today, and now that we've kind of like put the 2019 award season behind us we're going to be looking back on the decade as a whole so uh, I put out a couple of polls a few weeks ago on best Oscar wins of the decade they have been our most successful polls ever and I'm going to announce what the results were for those later on Uh, we're also going to announce the nominations the NBP Film Community Award nominations for the best of the decade so Ooh! So excited to hear what they picked. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Uh, because quite honestly, there's just so much to go through, so much to look back on. Obviously, it's a popularity contest. Not everything can be mentioned that probably does deserve to be there. But it is very interesting to look at what the consensus is, I guess, amongst people. You know, casual watchers, uh, more art housey lovers. Uh, like, what do they all? Agree on collectively as the best.
1: Yeah, it will also be interesting to see how things have shifted from, you know, 2010 and 2011 to today. I'm very curious about that.
0: I'm c- excited to see how films age. So, like things that were a little bit earlier in the decade, how did they pair up to
3: things that probably were just released? Oh, I can tell you right now, recency bias is definitely a thing. <laughs> I can tell you that looking at the nominations, I was like, oof. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a bad thing in the end. So, first topic of conversation I just want to bring up really, really quickly here, and I just want to address it and move on from it as quickly as humanly possible. Um, a director who shall not be named for a film called Guns and Kimbo is a dick. And uh, it's a really, really shitty situation that's happening right now on uh, film Twitter, but um, I want to let uh, people know that have been directly impacted by this and attacked and abused by this person, uh, that we stand with them and support them and we will not tolerate uh, that level of indecency. And as a result, uh, we did have a review of that film uh, that we were going to run on the website, but we are not going to be running it. Um, Josh, you had the pleasure, displeasure, <laughs> let's go with displeasure, of watching that film. So I, I, I apologize to you, but uh, we will not be running your review. <laughs> no, that, that's quite all right. Considering
1: the events that have happened, you know, we don't need to talk about it, but I think that is a correct decision. Um I would prefer to focus on the positive things in life. And that director certainly has not done a very good job at that. So I agree with the decision not to run that review.
3: Uh, In other news, J.D. Dillard, uh, the writer and director of Sweetheart and Slight, has been tapped to make a new Star Wars movie, from what I've been told. Um, Have you guys seen any of his work before? Oh, I don't think I have. I have That's heard of Slight. Cool. And I heard it was pretty good, but I didn't get to it, unfortunately. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen any of his stuff either.
3: So uh, we had that happen this week. Oh, oh, film Twitter was united uh, by the blessing of Ma memes? <laughs> <laughs> They're the best. Where did this come from? <laughs> so weird, but it's so great. <laughs> oh, my God. It was that, that was something that was just like saving me every day I was like this is incredible
0: they get better Uh, and better
3: and Octavia Spencer uh has I I guess somebody made her aware at some point and she's now um running a contest for who can make the best mommy
0: this is heaven
3: it's incredible so so great uh what else do we got here uh, other news, Nine Days, a film starring Winston Duke, as he beats and I saw it Sundance. Um, very, very much, I want you guys to have this one on your radar when it comes out. Um, it got picked up by Sony Pictures Classics, so um, that's good to know uh, because that film was extraordinary. Uh, what else? What else? I should have like done a better job of like getting everything together really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys have anything that you guys want to bring up, or should we just get right into the end of the decade stuff? <laughs> let's get right into the end of the decade. Yeah, I be... really. I want to know. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Okay. All right. All right. We're excited about that. Yeah. No problem. righty. So uh, let's do this. Why don't we first start off with the polls of the best Oscar winners? Yeah. Let's of do the that. decade because that was really, really exciting stuff. And I mean, that's a little bit more quantifiable considering there's only 10 nominee, uh, ten choices for each one. So let's take a look. Well, except for one category where there was 11. Yes, uh, there was a tie in uh, sound editing. Hey, everyone. I'm Aaron. And I'm Patrick. And together we host the Feelin' Film Podcast, a show that focuses more on the emotional takeaway from a movie experience rather than its technical merit. Yes, sir. Talking about what we love about film and focusing less on the critical side of things makes for a very entertaining and enjoyable discussion. New episodes drop every Monday morning, and you can catch them on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many other podcasting networks. You can also find out more about the show at feelingfilm.com. In the meantime, as we say on the show, stay positive. And keep feelin' film. Okay, so... Starting off first and foremost with the best documentary Oscar winner of the decade. Alrighty, here we go. Number 10 is Undefeated. Number 9 is Inside Job. Number 8 is 20 Feet from Stardom. Number 7 is Citizen 4. Number 6 is Icarus. Number 5 is Searching for Sugar Man. Number 4 is American Factory. Number 3 is Amy.
0: Wow. I thought I was going to get it.
3: Number two is OJ Made in America, and mm-hmm. number one is Free Solo. Which is what I voted for. Really?
0: I loved Amy, but Climbing Things is really
3: cool. I got to say, cinematically speaking, Free Solo is incredible to watch on a big screen. And I think that's what yeah. does it for me. Just speaking purely on like a
1: filmmaking level, it's really incredible. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's so intense as you're watching.
1: Oh, God. I made yeah.
0: my parents watch that. And they were like, okay, what about and I was like, just watch. And he's like, this man is crazy. And I was like, no, it's okay. And he's like, but is he getting anything for doing that? So I was like, no, he just likes it. And he's like, this man is crazy. And we had this full-on like texting conversation about how he was just crazy.
3: <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> like, no
0: one should like that. And I was like, it's fine.
3: Okay. Uh, best animated feature of the decade. Oscar winners only. Uh, There is a tie for the 10th and 9th spot. Uh, So I won't say which one's ahead of the other because they got the same amount of votes. So uh, it's Rango and Brave tied in the last spot. Mm. Rango deserves better, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Next up is Big Hero 6, uh, which, you know, should be the Lego movie, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Next up is Toy Story 4. Makes sense. yeah, I you know, I think we could all agree it's like a default choice last year and there wasn't really that much passion behind it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, Frozen comes in next. My baby. <laughs> <laughs> Number five is Zootopia. Number four is Coco. Number three is Inside Out. Number two is Toy Story 3. Ooh. Wow. Uh, yeah, okay. And with a whopping 37% of the entire vote, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It was a blowout. Yeah, I expected that top three. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I was thinking Toy Story 3 would make it ahead because, you know, it's Toy Story. And I thought that was such a strong movie. And I think that's the strongest out of that series. But I remember seeing Into the Spider-Verse. And I was just so proud of Amy Pascal and Sony because they did such a great job with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see what she does next with that entire universe.
3: Agreed. I think the greatest thing about the um, Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, is that it really, really just propelled this idea right around the time of Stan Lee's death that anybody could be a superhero.
1: Just Mm -hmm. kind of living up to the core
3: values of what it was that he wanted to do with his form of storytelling. And I don't know, like that film, I remember it was December uh like December like the 3rd week of December I was getting ready to finalize my top 10 and I think that was like one of the last movies I saw and I was like well I got to throw that in there now <laughs> and I was like damn it was incredible best international feature film oscar winner of the decade
1: I, I mean, wonder who
0: wins. Yeah, oh. I, I
3: think it's a pretty clear victory over <laughs> yeah. who's number one. <laughs> oh, my God. Over 3,000 votes and the number one choice has 72% of the yeah. vote. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow.
3: I don't know if we'll have a, a bigger spread than this. Okay, all right. Number 10 is In a Better World. Number nine is The Salesman. Number eight, The Great Beauty. Number seven, Son of Saul. Number six is Ida. Number five is a fantastic woman. Number four is a more. Three, a separation. Two is Roma. (laughs) Number one with twenty two hundred votes is Parasite.
0: What an upset.
1: Yeah. That's not shocking at
3: all. Oh my gosh. Wow, I will be shocked if we have um, a spread as big as this one anywhere else, but damn. <laughs> yeah,
1: a little shout-out to Roma, too. I That was the one I voted for, even though I, I love Parasite also. It was very close between the two of them, but at least Roma was a distant runner-up.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay, best original song Oscar winner of the decade. Number 10 is Toy Story 3, We Belong Together. Number nine, sorry, Josh, is Spectre. Writings on the wall. Eh, that's all right. I know that it's the polarizing song. <laughs> Number eight is Rocket Man. I'm gonna love me again. Number seven is Manor or Muppet from the Muppets. Number six, Glory from Selma.
0: Oh, that was such a great performance.
3: <sighs> it made Chris Pine cry. Yep. Mm. Number five is Let It Go from Frozen.
0: My other baby. <laughs>
3: Number four is Remember Me from Coco. Three, City of Stars from La La Land. Two is Skyfall from Skyfall. And number one is Shallow from A Star is Born.
2: It's a great song.
1: Kind of hard to argue that that would be number one for most people.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Josh, tell me the truth. Was Skyfall your choice? Of course it was. <laughs>
0: just like how "Let It Go" is mine. You got to stick with your crew.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I maintain to this day that if uh, "La La Land" had a different song, when I I think it would have placed higher. I think "City of Stars" is such a lame song. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge jazz person, so that's kind of why "In La La Land" in general just didn't resonate with me as much as it did with other people. But I remember mm. them campaigning like two or three songs during like award season, which like. I thought wasn't the smartest move. So I, it's all, it really is, especially with the musicals. It's all about the song choice, not just the movie.
3: Rebecca, you're a huge fan of La La Land, right?
0: I sure am. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it won six Oscars. So we'll see if it uh, places number one on any of the uh, polls here. But I uh,
0: hope it does. Didn't it tie the record of most nominated film? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah it's 14 nominations. 14, yeah. Yep, that and uh, All About Eve. I remember that there were some people that were thinking it could tie the uh, winner uh, for with 11.
0: Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I remember it being, because I think it was Titanic, all about, right? Titanic had 14 noms.
3: Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah.
0: So that was a three-way tie. And we were like, wow, it could be a four-way with 11.
3: It mm-hmm. could join the yeah. three. That sound editing nomination did it. Oh, God, don't remind me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that and Bohemian Rhapsody, it's just like, I, I, I don't believe anything anymore when it comes to the sound branches I just don't <laughs>
0: uh, you and the sound
3: best original score oh this is exciting Ooh, that's a good one here we go number 10 is The Artist number 9 is Life of Pi 8 is Gravity oh, so 7 so. is The Hateful Eight 6 is The Shape of Water 5 is Black Panther Number four is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Number three is Joker.
0: I'll stand by that. I loved that score.
3: Number two is The Social Network. That's number one. one is La La Land. Okay, yeah. I'm fine with
0: that. You guys are so close.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I have to say, if I'm gonna give La La Land anything, that score is yeah, freaking phenomenal. It really is. Yeah.
0: I respect it for what it is, but I, I guess I need to see it again. It just didn't. I think it's just I'm not a huge fan of jazz. I really think that was the issue with me, with me,
3: which is totally fair. I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I respect it for what it is, and I love that you guys all love it.
3: Best visual effects number ten is Hugo. Number nine is First Man. Number eight is The Jungle Book. Seven is 1917. Six is Life of Pi. Five is Ex Machina. Four is Gravity. Three is Interstellar. This was actually pretty close uh, Mm. between these two here. A difference of about 80 votes. Number two is Inception. And number one Mm. is Blade Runner 2049. That is a solid top three.
0: Yeah.
3: Interstellar, Inception, Blade Runner 2049. It was
0: just such a good decade. I think, for that category.
3: It was. I definitely think that what we saw a lot of this year, or this decade, rather, was supporting visual effects coming to the forefront. Yeah. And it wasn't about what movie had the most visual effects, other than, I mean, I look at this list and I say to myself, what, Jungle Book maybe fits that description the best? Yeah, well, that was also a race where there really
1: wasn't that big prestigious movie in the race either. I think really what this decade has showed us is it's really about visual effects being used in service of a deeper story.
3: I think Mm -hmm. that's what really is being responsive right now. Yeah. Sound categories. Oh, the lovely sound categories. I wonder if there will be any differences, to be honest. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. All right. Best Sound Editing. Number 10 is Hugo. Number 9, American Sniper. 8, zero Dark Dirty. I just realized that there are 11. I'm sorry. I was about to say, like, should <laughs> there be 11 here? <laughs> 11 is Hugo. 10 is American Sniper. 9 is Zero Dark Dirty. There we go. 8 is Ford v. Ferrari. Number 7 is Skyfall. I have no idea how Bohemian Rhapsody is at number 6, but there you go. Guys. Okay. Number five is Gravity. Number four is Inception. Three is Dunkirk. Two is Arrival. And one is Mad Max Fury Road. Not shocking, but super cool that Arrival was number two. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. She
0: deserves so much better than what she got.
3: You know, it's really interesting because when we get to the um, community nominations for the decade... I am. I don't know if I'm shocked or if I'm just like surprised, if you will, at how much Arrival is one of those movies that is just so beloved.
0: It aged phenomenally over phenomenally yeah. over time.
3: Alrighty, so sound mixing. Let's see if there's any changes here. Uh, no, number uh, ten <laughs> is Hugo. Man, people really hate Hugo. Number nine is Hacksaw Ridge. Eight is Les Misérables. Seven, Bohemian Rhapsody. Six is Gravity. Five is 1917. Four is Inception. Three is Dunkirk. And in a very, very similar situation with a very, very similar vote split, number two is Whiplash, and number one is Mad Max Fury Road. All right. Happy that... uh, You know, it's like, I get Mad Max is going to, like, probably run away with a lot of these, I'm Mm -hmm. sure. But I love that, like, the runner-ups were um, individual sound editing and sound mixing winners, you know, as opposed to winning both awards on the night. So that's pretty cool.
1: And also, like, very particular types of winners in those categories and not just big action spectacles. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, Best makeup and hairstyling. All right. Let's see which famous historical transformation one here. <laughs> Number 10 is The Wolfman, which my god, I I, I don't even remember that yeah, movie same. like at I all. I didn't see it. It's not a good movie. <laughs> there you go. Number 9 is The Iron Lady. Number 8 is Dallas Buyers Club. Number 7 is Darkest Hour. Number 6 is Suicide Squad. You know, just for the record, I-, I love that like Bohemian Rhapsody and like Suicide Squad are landing like in the middle of all these, because mm. um, c- I feel like they're the most widely despised. But I-, I digress. Well,
0: it's the fact that Suicide Squad. I mean, in its defense, kind of, it did change how we do perceive some of those characters.
1: Fair. And and look, I think that the makeup in Suicide Squad is it's good. Yeah, I mean the movie isn't very good, but if you're just judging the makeup, it, it's good work.
0: Like just yeah. with Harley Quinn, like that entire character look is completely changed.
3: Exactly. Number five is Vice. Number four is Lame Rob. Number three is Bombshell. Two is the Grand Budapest Hotel, and one is Mad Max Fury Road, wow. which. I think that wins based on um, just the, the overwhelming degree of work that was involved in that. <laughs> you yeah. know, with all the individual characters having some sort of a prosthetic or whatever it was applied to them.
0: Yeah, it's our modern day Star Wars.
3: Oh, I like that.
0: Put it on the poster.
2: I like the
3: sound of that. Yeah, because the Star Wars won pretty much all technicals uh, that year, right? It won, I think, seven. Uh, yeah. yeah, it pretty much won every technical award it was
1: nominated for. Seven, the only right. things that it didn't win were just everything above the line.
3: Yeah. Costume design. I'm thinking of you, Nicole Ackman. Let's see what
0: period film wins.
3: Here we go. Number 10 is The Artist, which, okay, I get it. Yeah, I mean, we love Mark Bridges, but I mean, I don't think those costumes are particularly noteworthy. I'm insulted by this right now because this was my choice. Number (laughs) nine is Anna Karenina. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Mm. Uh, number eight is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, that blue coat.
1: One of the biggest upsets that I can remember. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Over La, La Land that year? Yeah, well, I remember it was like La, La Land and Jackie were the two
3: that people were yeah, Jackie. going back and yeah. forth between. Yeah. And it was weird, too, because Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them, I think, won production design at BAFTA at, and not costume BAFTA. design. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she didn't even win the guild. No. Very weird. Number what are we up to? Ten, nine, eight, seven is Alice in Wonderland. Number six is the Great Gatsby. Five is Little Women. Four is Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Three is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Number two is Phantom Thread. And that leaves at number one Black Panther.
1: Yeah, designs. that's what I voted for.
3: Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to find a more distinctly unique uh, costume design winner than that one. I, I that That is such an inspiring win when you really mm-hmm. think about it. Because it's just, it's modern, it's futuristic, while also um, respecting that African uh, culture as well. And just the way that those two like fo- uh, formed to create uh, this level of work. It's just, and it was also a great way to just honor Ruth Carter as well. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it
0: was the yeah. breath of fresh air. The this the brand, this guild, and just this category always goes towards the period and like time altering sort of costumes, and they'll never really acknowledge like fantasy or contemporary costumes. So it was nice to see something that was a little bit different than just like a period piece.
3: Yeah, production design winners uh, number ten is not Hugo for a change. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's Lincoln. Number nine, no, is Hugo. <laughs> Number eight is Alice in Wonderland, or as I remember someone saying once, "I Eyesore in Wonderland. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any issue
1: with that movie winning costume design, but that production design win is atrocious. I'm
3: sorry. Number seven is The Shape of Water. Number six is The Great Gatsby. Number five is La La Land. Number four is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Three is Black Panther. Number two is Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh. Which means the winner is the Grand Budapest Hotel.
0: Okay, I like that. I mean, again, I'm not the biggest Wes Anderson fan, but I can respect, like, seeing after seeing the Grand Budapest Hotel, I respect it, and it was great. I'm happy with
1: that.
3: What would you have voted for there, Lauren?
0: I think I voted for Mad Max, though. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I'll be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, I think I voted for Mad Max also. But it's hard to argue
3: against the Texan Grand Budapest.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. another
2: level.
3: Lauren, oh, I'm sorry, not Lauren. Rebecca, what did you pick?
2: The Great Gatsby. Yeah. That's, like, one of my favorites, just in terms of, like, scale and... Oh. Costume design as well.
3: Boslerman never ever holds back, and I, I love know. him for that. I love him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does he does not hold back. I wish he would just a little <laughs> bit sometimes, but he certainly doesn't.
3: Uh, one of my favorite categories: best cinematography. Ooh. Mm. What an abundance of riches here! Uh, I, I want to just actually ask first and foremost, Josh, what was your what was your choice? Um, I think I voted for Inception. Oh, okay. Rotating hallway. I like it. Yeah, I think just like the
1: level of difficulty with that movie and just the shots they had to get really, really impresses
3: me. Lauren,
0: I did Gravity.
3: One of the few movies that when I walked out of the theater, I still was like, "How the hell did they do that?"
0: It's just so pretty, and just like even not not just even the space stuff. It's just like when she, just Sandra Bullock's character just like hanging out and just floating around, and when the lights reflecting off of the spaceship into the console it's just fantastic and i remember i saw it with my brother and as soon as it left he goes that was the most intense movie without a gun i've ever
3: seen there you go Which i think is a perfect way to describe it what about you rebecca i did
2: 1917
3: nice all right let's see yeah
2: roger deakins is the best the goat no yeah.
3: sunsets
2: oh my gosh i know
3: all right number 10 is hugo <laughs> <laughs> It's going to become like a reoccurring joke here. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> uh, I think that's actually the end of Hugo's uh, Oscar wins, though. So number nine is Birdman. Wasn't expecting it to be that low. Number eight is Life of Pi. Number seven is Gravity. Hey. Number six is Verevenant. Five is Roma. Four is Inception. Three goes to La La Land. Which Roger Deakins? Deakins versus Stekins. Yeah. <laughs> I would say Blade Runner probably won.
0: Oh, I would say 17.
3: 806 votes against 475. 1917 in second place. Blade Runner 2049 wins the poll. Yeah. Which, uh, you know what? Uh, it's interesting because I think on a from a lighting standpoint and also like his use of color that movie is pretty incredible um but i also think there's a lot of history just behind that win because it was Deacons' first and i think Mm -hmm. that will forever be special to a lot of people as a result of that oh yeah i I think
1: that the collective energy that we all had for finally seeing roger deacons win an oscar will always make that win very special which yeah. makes
3: his win last year for 1917 so funny to me when I go back and I watch, like, the clip because it's like the audience just doesn't react, like, at I all know. pretty
1: much. <laughs> An incredible standing ovation the first time and then the second yeah. time it's
3: like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you're dead. Best film editing. Number 10. Wow. Okay. I'm very surprised by this. Number 10 is Argo. I thought that really would have been higher. Uh, number nine is Hacksaw Ridge. You would have thought above Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I'm thinking, and and above Why another winner Bohemian in a second.
0: Bohemian Rhapsody, not the bottom. There you <laughs> yeah. go.
3: My question, exactly. That's
0: a Guys. Question.
3: Number eight is Ford v Ferrari.
0: Guys. Oh
3: my God. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah,
0: thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that was rough. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> we love you, but that yes. was, that was
3: <laughs> number six is the Girl with the dragon tattoo number five is gravity. number four is the social network three goes to Dunkirk two goes to whiplash and one goes to Mad Max Fury Road there are a
1: lot of good movies in this group uh, with a couple of ex- of exceptions but man Mad Max like how can you argue with that
3: mm-hmm. it's an all-timer in terms of the editing yeah. It, it it may be. I, I think it stands a really really good like case to say that it's one of the best edited films like of all time. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Alrighty, original screenplay time. Ooh, I love this one. Here we go. Uh, wow. Oh no. Okay. Oh Don't no. Don't say that. No. <laughs> um.
0: Guys, as obvious number ten.
3: Rebecca, um, what did you vote for in this category?
0: I don't remember
3: <laughs> uh lauren what did you vote for in this category this
0: was hard for me because this is my favorite category ever so i was really i love kenny lonergan so i was gonna do manchester but i am such a sucker for her that i just had to right re- put her in because it's just fantastic i love that movie till the day i die her so was my choice
3: her. as well i love yeah. it please uh josh what'd you pick uh, I voted for Get
1: Out. I think that is just such an original, like truly original creative screenplay that I really really do love.
0: But I'm still annoyed that The Favorite is not on this list.
3: Oh yeah. my god, yeah.
0: I'm just I have to say it every single time.
3: You know what? I think if The Favorite had won and truly it did win in my heart, I think that would have been my choice. Oh, uh,
0: it was uh, so good. I'm still not, I'm still better.
3: Number 10. With 1.72% of the vote is Green Book
0: thank you guys okay.
3: <laughs> number 9 is Midnight in Paris number 8 is The King's Speech number 7 is Spotlight number 6 is Birdman so the top 5
0: which is a really solid top 5 I will say
3: Yep. number 5 is Manchester by the Sea.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Number 4 is Django Unchained. That leaves Her get out and parasite.
0: Guys, I'm sweating.
1: That is like film twitter's <laughs> top 3 for sure. No, <laughs> it is.
0: And I will say Django I think is probably Tarantino's one of his strongest, I think definitely during this decade. I love that script.
3: The vote spread is 432. 698 and 1120. Here we go. Number three is Spike Jones for her.
0: We're taking the bronze. <laughs> <laughs> we made the podium.
3: <laughs> and the top two, 1120 votes against 698. Number two is Jordan Peele for Get Out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Number one, is okay. parasite hard to argue? Yeah, I—that's I, what I was reacting to when I opened it up. I genuinely did not think it was going to win this. I um, and and by that much too, I'm I'm actually like you're Josh, you, you're you think it's like a done deal? Like you're not surprised?
1: Uh, looking at the amount of passion there was for parasite
3: last year, like no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Oh man, see, I'm like genuinely surprised by that, but. Not not nothing against the film's quality. You guys know I love that movie. Obviously. Oh oh yeah. I mean
1: I would say that I'm actually kind of surprised that her wasn't in second place because that's another movie that has a ton of love. So yeah. Uh but it's that cool. top three is like
0: really it's
3: solid. Yeah, it's it's incredible.
0: Like I'm glad that the decade could be represented with those
3: top three. Adapted screenplay time. Uh Ooh man, here we go. I feel like this is a blowout, but we'll see. It's actually, believe it or not, it is closer than original screenplay.
0: What? Okay. Yeah. Again, also stacked category.
3: Yeah, the the votes are much more spread out here. Actually, amongst Ooh. all of the uh, the ten. So wow. the, yeah, this is very interesting. Okay, uh, Rebecca, what did you vote for here?
2: The Social Network.
3: Lauren. The Social Network. Josh. Obviously, the Social Network. I do vote for Soul Simulator.
0: We love, we love Sorkin.
3: Number 10 is The Descendants. Number 9 is Argo. 8 is The Big Short. 7, The Imitation Game. 6, hmm. 12 Years a Slave. 5, Black Klansmen. 4, Jojo Rabbit. Wow. 3 is Moonlight.
0: Oh my god.
3: 682 versus 867. Number two is Call Me By Your Name. And number one is The Social Network.
1: Yeah, no, I forgot about that's... the Call Me By Your Name hive. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've heard, I, as you were reading this, I forgot how popular it was. And I'm low key kind of shocked that it made it all the way up there.
3: Believe me when I tell you, if Timothy Chalamet had only one best actor, oh. I, can, I can only tell you what would have happened in that category. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Alrighty. Here we go. Acting time. Supporting actor winner of the decade for the Oscars. Alrighty. Ooh, man. Rebecca, who who gets your vote here?
2: Um, I know it's not a popular opinion, but Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
3: Hey, you know what? People like that character. I get it. All yeah. well and good. Lauren, what about you?
0: I pretty sure I did Jared Leto.
3: Okay. Josh? I went with
1: Mahershala for Moonlight. Okay.
3: All right. I went with J.K. Simmons for Whiplash because... You you guys talked earlier about um, the most tense film you've ever seen without a gun. That's Whiplash for me. And Mm -hmm. it's in large part because J.K. Simmons scared the ever-living crap out of me. All right. Here we go. Number 10 is Mark Rylance in Bridge of Spies. Number 9 is Christopher Plummer in Beginners. Number 8, Mahershala Ali... In Green Book, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Number seven is Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club. Six is Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Five is Christian Bale in The Fighter. Four, Christoph Waltz, Django Unchained. Three, Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Number two... Is Mahershala Ali in Moonlight, and number one is J.K. Simmons in Whiplash.
1: Yeah, people love that
3: performance, and it's a really, really good turn from him. All righty, Best Supporting Actress winner. Oof, this is uh, what do we? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah no, It's not a blowout, but okay. All right, uh, Rebecca, who's your? Who would get your vote here?
2: I'd say Lupita Nyong'o in Twelve Years a Slave.
3: Lauren. I went with Anne
0: Hathaway. I'm just a total theater buff and nerd, and I think she performed that role, particularly that song. Like, it was coming out of her. It was with all of her might, and you really felt that pain, which carried you
3: through the entire film. We gotta get you on an episode of Next Best Theater.
0: Yeah, one day I'll be there.
3: All right. Josh, what about you? Well, I think this was actually, of the four acting categories,
1: the one that was hardest for me to pick, but I eventually went with Regina King. I went with Viola Davis in Fences. She She shouldn't be there. I know. But But she was one I was wrestling with. It was like her, Lupita, and Regina King
3: were all like, they're so, so close to me. Number 10. Is Melissa Leo in The Fighter? Which I'm a little surprised by. It's
0: probably there just because it's so early. Or it's not not a good performance.
3: I was going to say, either that or people like got really turned off by her campaign maybe that year. And it's oh, just like I, soured ever since. The campaign was
1: since. incredible. Our, we still reference that campaign. That's not my issue. I just don't really like that performance. Yeah. I think Amy Adams was much, much better.
0: Oh, poor Amy. She killed it this decade. She, she really did. did. Poor one out for her. Done it all. Yeah. What is it going to take?
3: Number nine is Alicia Vikander in The Danish Girl. Eight is Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Seven Regina King, if Beale Street could talk. Six, Patricia Arquette in Boyhood. Five is Allison Janney in I Tanya. Four, Octavia Spencer in The Help. Three is Viola Davis in Fences. Nat Leaves, Miss Halfaway, and Miss Nyongo.
0: Come on, Annie.
3: Number two is Anne Hathaway in Les Miserables. And number one is Lapita Nyongo in 12 Years a Slave. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And like,
0: what a like breakout performance that was.
3: I think that was her debut, if I remember yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Always, that's always a lot of fun when that happens. Like Jennifer Hudson did it also for Dream Girls. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that. It's your first performance and you win an Oscar for it. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Best actor time. Here we go. Oh community, oh community, what did you guys do? Okay, you like a clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number ten is Jean Dujardin in The Artist.
1: Yeah, I mean that. It's I makes th- sense. really do feel like that's one of the most forgettable wins in this category.
3: Number nine is Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour, which I still maintain. Good performance. I get it. I understand why people don't like it, but Gary <laughs> Ullman has an Oscar, people. Let, like, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how I look at it. It's like, it's
1: not necessarily just for that movie. It's a career win, but, you know, whatever. He's if got I'm an being Oscar, completely honest,
3: almost all of the winners in this category feel like that to me. It's like, they have an Oscar. It's just not for the right movie.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. going to be honest, like, the decade has not been kind to this category. <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: Number eight is Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. Number seven is Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything. Number six is Colin Firth in The King's Speech. Number five is Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club.
0: All right, all right, all right.
3: Number four is Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. Okay. (laughs) Number three is Daniel Day Lewis in Lincoln. Oh my God! All
1: right, trying to trying to compose myself right now.
0: I feel a clown.
1: <laughs> Josh, I love you. <laughs> Thank you for the emotional support for what I have to prepare myself for right now.
3: Number two is Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant, no. uh, which leads uh, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker in number one. Seriously.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just gonna choose not to comment
0: <laughs> for what the film is, though, like I can admit that it was a really strong performance, and he's in it for I want to feel like the time was like eighty five percent of the film. He's in it, which is a ridiculous I, I just... amount.
3: I don't know. I, I I that just those top two. I I feel like this was a, more of a popularity thing than an actual. Well, Keen
0: Phoenix has an Oscar.
3: Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll stick to my own my own rules here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And move on. <laughs>
1: yeah. But like you said, that top two. We can like that they have Oscars, but for those performances and those roles, I'm not sure. But
3: you know.
0: He slept in a horse for it. <laughs>
3: Flip three and four uh, with one and two, like put Daniel Day-Lewis and Casey Affleck in a number one, number two slot. However you want to do it, I don't really care. And I'm I'm instantly much more happy about this poll personally.
1: Yeah, I mean, my vote was for Casey Affleck because I think that that is truly like one of the best performances that we have had this decade. I think that of everybody that has won in that category, it's really like the most phenomenal work.
3: Yeah. Best actress time. Okay. All righty. Uh, oof, man. Rebecca, who, who who would get your vote here?
2: This is a hard one because I think there's a lot of strong performances in this, but for me, it's it came down to Natalie Portman or Jennifer Lawrence, but it's Natalie Portman in Black Swan for me.
1: Lauren. Oh, it's Natalie. Josh. It would have been Natalie if she had won for Jackie. Boom. <laughs> It, I agree but because it isn't
3: uh, oh, my they? vote. My vote was for Olivia Coleman. My vote is for Olivia Coleman as well. Let's see. How this, uh, I got to stick out. with
0: my girl. I got to stick with my <laughs> Long Island girl.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so where Joaquin Phoenix uh, was number one in the previous poll. Uh, Renee Zellweger comes in at number 10 for Judy. Number nine is Julianne Moore for Still Alice. Number eight is Meryl Streep in The Iron Lady. Number seven is Jennifer Lawrence in Silver Linings Playbook. Number six, yeah. Number six is Emma Stone in La La Land. Five is Brie Larson in Room. Four is Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine. Mm.
0: Mm.
3: Number three is Frances McDormand in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I'm honestly shocked she placed that high. Me too. And there is a difference of 105 votes. Mm. Very close. Number two is Olivia Coleman in the favorite, leaving Natalie Portman for Black Swan at number one.
1: That's yeah. my girl. Not surprised that she won, but very happy mm. that it was close between them.
3: Yeah. All righty, director time. This is the category where Alejandro is competing with uh, Alfonso Cuarón two times over. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number 10. Michelle has an Evanivicius for The Artist. Number 9 is Tom Hooper for The King's Speech. Number 8 is Ang Lee for Life of Pi. Oh, this is funny. Number seven is Alejandro G. Iñárritu for Birdman. Mm. And number six is Alejandro G. Iñárritu for The Revenant. Mm. Followed by Alfonso Cuaron uh, in number five for Gravity. Followed by Alfonso Cuaron (laughs) in number four for (laughs) Romar. Number three is Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Number two, The Only American of the decade Damien Chazelle for La La Land leaving Bong Joon-ho for Parasite at number one with a blowout of 40% of the vote given to him
1: I mean that's another one where I think it's not just people loving that win but how it came about because it was so surprising
3: on the night oh I definitely agree with that as well yeah Yeah. absolutely it's one of of the best one one of the better upsets that we've had this decade I would say Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Although my pick for this category was uh, Quran for Roma.
2: Oh, mine was Corona for Gravity. Mine was Damien Chazelle, but that's not a
0: surprise because I.
3: <laughs> Rebecca has to well. stand the movie. I don't blame her.
0: You gotta <laughs> stick by your team. Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay, best picture time. What does the community think is the best picture Oscar winner of the decade?
0: I wonder what it'll be.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, I can tell you this much. It's got 45% of the vote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. Number 10 is The Artist. Which, okay, like, here's the deal. <sighs> I mean,
1: It's not bad. Whatever. I-, I think The Artist had the benefit of coming out in a relatively weak year, so it was yeah. easy for people to kind of rally behind it. Like, it's a fine movie,
3: but I admit
1: I have... Like never thought about it since I
3: saw it. And that's why I can justify it being in a number 10. I totally get it. But Green Book's at number 9, and I'm sorry, but...
0: <laughs> yeah. Forget about it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> number 8 is Argo. Which, once again, uh, that also screams like kind of a forgettable uh, Best Picture winner to me as well, Josh.
1: Which is sort of ironic because it's in a very unforgettable Oscar race.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah, it was a great year.
3: Number 7 is Spotlight. Number six is The Shape of Water. Number five is Twelve Years a Slave. How much did this... Wow, a difference of four votes. Number four is The King's Speech. Huh. Interesting. I'm very surprised it placed that high. Very surprised. I mean, to be honest, I'm also
1: a little glad because... I don't think the King Speech is a bad movie. I think it's good. The problem is what it beat, but I don't think that's any hindrance to the movie itself.
3: I I agree with you on yeah. that. It, it, to me, it's like um, uh it, it reminds me a lot of movies like in the '90s that won, like things like Dances with Wolves or uh, Forrest Gump, and it like they're not bad movies, like you said, Josh. It's just people don't like them because of what they beat. Yeah, I mean to be
1: honest, I would rather watch The King's Speech than Dances with Wolves.
3: <laughs> hey, listen, I don't have 4 hours every day to watch Dances with Wolves, either, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's good qualities to The King's Speech. It's a good movie.
0: But I'd rather see The Social Network. Me too. I mean
1: I would too, but you know, no, I don't King's think that makes a good movie. Yeah, I don't think the, the Social Network being better makes The King's Speech inherently bad.
3: Number 3 is Birdman. Hmm. Number two is Moonlight, which was one I voted for. Yeah. And number one, shockingly, what an upset is Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we all knew um, that Parasite was like the minute it happened. It's like this is instantly one of the best Best Picture winners ever. <laughs> you know. Um, and listen, it, it's very close between that and Moonlight. Uh, so if you go like either way on that one, I don't blame you. I like I don't, which is yeah. such
0: it's such a fantastic top two.
3: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Hi
1: everyone, this is Tim Costa.
3: I'm Hermano da Silva and this is Walter Vinci.
1: And together we are the first time Watchers podcast. Each week we choose a movie to review that none of us has seen. Watch it together and then discuss. These movies could be new or old or on our list of shame. You can find us on iTunes by searching for the first Time Watchers podcast as well as on Stitcher. And we love interacting with our listeners, so if you have any suggestions, send us a tweet. An email. Or post to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. I mean, it's all about interaction. And talk about what we love. Movies. And you don't have to worry about us going on and on about this and that and the other. And oh, no, no, look, no, no, let's no. talk stop, about stop, this minutiae here. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut and up. Shut up! Shut up. The cat god, god damn it, it shut I think, up! I think that's enough. Oh, oh my god, I go by stop it. The-
3: Okay, so uh, kind of uh, keeping the conversation alive here uh, for the time being in regards to uh, end of the decade and looking back on everything. um, Let's take a look at uh, what the community uh, voted on for uh, the MVP Film Community Awards for the best of the decade. Because I I feel like this is like a trip down memory lane and a chance for us all to kind of like reflect and look back on things that... um, you know, we like or don't like and such. So, um, you know, I'm very curious to hear what you guys think of some of these. Okay, so these are not going to be in any particular order, just so you know. Um, They're not alphabetical or anything like that. They're kind of just random. So you're going to have to bear with me here. Um, The idea was I was trying to get in each category 10 nominees. However, um, because of ties, uh, certain nominees, uh, I'm sorry, certain categories had more than 10. So Best Original Song. All right, we have uh, Skyfall from Skyfall. All right. Shallow from A Star is Born. Of course.
2: Nice.
3: Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name. I Obviously. love that.
0: That's a great song.
3: <laughs> should have won that year.
0: It should have.
3: We have Let It Go from Frozen.
0: Again, obvious.
3: This is Me from The Greatest Showman. It's a bop. <laughs> Please, Mr. Kennedy from Inside Lewin Davis.
0: Wow.
3: Oh. Remember Me from Coco. Glory from Selma, City of Stars from La La Land, and How Far Will I Go from Moana. All right. That's a solid list. Mm -hmm. For original score of the decade, this is not just like Oscar winners. This is like everything, collectively. (laughs) We have Carol. I love Carol. Yes. Gravity. All right. Interstellar. Yes. Yes. Mad Max Fury Road. Justice. The Hateful Eight. Phantom Thread. Ugh.
2: The great score.
3: 1917.
2: Yes, that is one of my favorites. So good. The
3: Grand Budapest Hotel. If Beale Street Could Talk. Mm. La La Land. Nice. Inception. And the Social Network. Solid list. What a good that is list. a real oh there's such a great lineup. I have Solid. no idea how I'm going to choose. Same. And I will say for the record, good on you, community. I love the score for Moonlight, but for, for it to be if Beale Street in there instead, I'm just like, Mwah, Chef's kiss. Oh, oh yeah. Best visual effects of the decade. 1917 made it in here. Alright. Mad Max Fury Road. Life of Pi. Blade Runner 2049, First Man, hmm. Gravity, Interstellar, Ex Machina,
2: Good,
3: Inception, and I, 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 I'm, I'm okay with saying this because there was vote splitting involved, but this just barely made the cut. War for the Planet of the Apes.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice.
3: Now, no Avengers movies? Nope, too much vote splitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a common uh theme actually with a lot of these where um I think that certain directors who like if someone couldn't choose like one movie over another or um in the case of something like Avengers, yeah, it's like some people were putting it down Infinity War. Some people were putting it down Endgame. And if I were to take them all collectively and put it together, yeah, of course. But then it's like, which one Which one really gets it? So yeah. uh, there are very, very few instances where vote splitting um, turned out favorably for a movie. And this was one of those rare moments where it did. So I, I felt the need to at least shout it out because I do feel genuinely awful that certain movies uh, didn't make the cut in certain categories as a result of that.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I'm glad that this category actually was able to showcase more interesting work. I mean, not to denigrate the stuff that happens in the Marvel films, because obviously it's a lot of visual effects and a lot of people work hard on it. But I just feel like those effects get a little monotonous after a while. You yeah. like you, you know, you see one Marvel movie, you've kind of seen all the effects. And I think this group represents some really interesting work that's a little bit more on the subtle side, a little bit more on – Actually, exploring story and character, which I
3: really appreciate. For sound editing, Interstellar, Ford v Ferrari, First Man, 1917, Gravity, Mad Max: Fury Road, Arrival, Dunkirk, Inception, and A Quiet Place. Ooh, Ooh
0: good. Yeah.
3: For best sound mixing, First Man. La La Land Arrival 1917 Whiplash Dunkirk Inception Gravity Mad Max Fury Road and Baby Driver
0: again Mm. good
3: for the best makeup of the decade Les Miserables Dallas Buyers Club The Revenant Darkest Hour Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. Vice, Bombshell, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Mad Max Fury Road, and Border. Yes! <laughs> oh, Didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> I
1: did not. Oh,
3: I'm so happy. That makeup work is so mm-hmm. awesome. Best costume design of the decade. The Shape of Water, hmm. Jackie, The Great Gatsby, Carol, yes, Little Women, Black Panther, Mad Max: Fury Road, The Favorite, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and Phantom Thread. Nice, good list for production design. Roma. Ooh, wow. The Favorite. Inception, Blade Runner 2049, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Shape of Water, La La Land, Mad Max Fury Road, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Parasite, <laughs> Good, and Her.
0: Yay! <laughs> I love it!
3: Best film editing of the decade, La La Land. Arrival, The Irishman, Baby Driver, Gravity, Parasite, Dunkirk, Mad Max Fury Road, Whiplash, and The Social Network. Yeah, pretty great. For Cinematography, Arrival,
0: hmm. good. Moonlight, right.
3: Inception, Birdman, the Tree of Life. Wow. The Revenant. Mad Max Fury Road. La La Land. 1917. Blade Runner 2049. Roma. And one more. Mm-hmm. The Lighthouse. <gasps> <gasps> oh, wonderful. For original screenplay of the decade, the community has nominated Knives Out. Mm. Nice. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Marriage Story. Parasite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All from this year. Yeah. 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 Birdman.
0: There we
3: go. Manchester by the Sea. Inception. Spotlight. The Favorite. Thank you. Get Out. And Her. My babies. For adapted screenplay of the decade. Community has nominated The Social Network, Moonlight, The Wolf of Wall Street, mm. Little Women, Arrival, 12 Years a Slave, Moneyball. Wow. Interesting. Call Me By Your Name. Oh, obviously. Lincoln. Mm. And Gone Girl. Ooh. I love that
0: movie.
3: for the best debut director of the decade this was let me tell you something
0: I'm excited for <laughs> yes. this
3: this was really really hard because when I tell you the votes were all over the place they were all over the place I can imagine yeah Jordan Peele for Get Out Olivia Wilde for Booksmart Dan Gilroy for Nightcrawler Ben Zeitlin for Beasts of the Southern Wild. Mm-hmm.
1: That was great.
3: Alex Garland for Ex Machina. Obviously. That was also great. Ryan Coogler for Fruitvale Station. I'm glad that that came through. Ari Aster for Hereditary. Yep. Robert Eggers for The Witch. Mm-hmm. Bo Burnham for Eighth Grade. Good. Oh, I love that. That's Bo. cute. And Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born.
0: Okay, I can see that. That was great.
3: For breakout performance of the decade. Alrighty, here we go. Jacob Tremblay for Room.
0: That's my boy! (laughs) (laughs)
3: Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea.
0: That's my other boy!
3: (laughs) (laughs) Alicia the Candor for Ex Machina. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence for Winter's Bone. Makes sense. Margot Robbie for The Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: She's so good in that movie.
0: She is 100% winning an Oscar this decade.
3: Daniel Kaluuya oh, yeah. for Get Out. Mm. Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave. Florence Pugh for *Midsummer*. Which, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah.
1: But- I mean, like that's the thing. Like She had an incredible year, but like... Lenny Macbeth
3: was also there too. Thank and you. Acid. Thank you. And Brie Larson for Short Term 12.
0: The correct choice. Thank you.
3: For Best Voiceover Performance of the Decade, we have Will Arnett in the Lego Batman movie, Tom Noonan for Anomalisa. I am so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Wishaw for Paddington 2. Oh,
1: my God, community, you have done it. You have absolutely (laughs) set me into joy.
3: (laughs) Phyllis Smith for Inside Out. Idina Menzel for Frozen.
0: Long Island Girls Sticking Together.
3: (laughs) Shamik Moore for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, that's great. Andy Serkis for War for the Planet of the Apes.
2: He's so good in that.
3: Amy Poehler for Inside Out. Mm Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks for Toy Story 3. Josh Brolin for Avengers Infinity War. Again, correct choice. And Scarlett Johansson for Her.
0: Good! Mm. Yeah. That's low-key, I think, my favorite performance of hers.
3: For Best Youth Performance of the Decade. Eller Coltrane for Boyhood. Quvengene Wallace for Beasts of the Southern Wild. Noah Jupe for Honey Boy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brooklyn Prince for The Florida Project. Yeah.
2: Oh, she was so good.
3: Daphne Keene for Logan. Oh, she was phenomenal. Jacob Tremblay for Room. My son. Roman (laughs) Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit. Thomas and McKenzie for Leave No Trace. Mm. Elsie Fisher for Eighth Grade. And Haley Steinfeld for True Grit. Oh,
0: that's nice that she got in there.
1: I would actually say it would be pretty hard to choose between Jacob
3: Tromley and Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, supporting actress of the decade. Let's hmm. see how many Oscar winners get into this. <laughs> yeah, because I can't help but feel like, and I don't blame people for this. I don't blame with starting with like the Oscars as like your base, and then going off from there. Like I, I don't, I don't blame people for that. So, all right, here we go. Patricia Arquette for Boyhood. Lupita Nyong'o for Twelve Years a Slave. Viola Davis for Fences. Mm-hmm. Good and Allison Janney for I, Tonya. All right. Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea.
0: Good. Okay. Yeah. Should have won that year. Sorry. Absolutely.
3: Alicia Vikander for Ex Machina. Correct choice. Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Yep. Anne Hathaway for Les Miserables. Good. Mm. Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird. Aww. And Emma Stone for The Favorite. Hmm.
0: I'm more of a Rachel Weisz fan if I have to choose between those two girls, but okay.
3: For supporting actor for The Decade, we have J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Mahershala Ali in Moonlight. All right. Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Master. Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. Excellent. Ooh. Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yep. Christian Bale in The Fighter. hmm Michael Fassbender in 12 Years a Slave. Mm. Nice. Song Kang Ho for Parasite. Wow. Hey. And Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah.
0: I love him.
3: That's a pretty good lineup. For lead actor, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Wolf of Wall Street. Correct.
2: It's a good choice. Jake
3: Gyllenhaal for Nightcrawler.
2: Nice.
3: Michael Keaton for Birdman. Denzel Washington for Fences. Mm. Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Talk yeah. about correct choices. <laughs> yeah. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker.
1: Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. So what?
3: Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born. Michael Fassbender in Shame. Yeah.
0: Ooh.
3: Great performance. Daniel Day-Lewis in Lincoln. Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Mm. I know there's a lot here. Timothee Chalamet in uh, Call <laughs> Me By Your Name. And Ethan Hawke for First Reformed. Mm. Wow. For lead actress now. Lupita Nyong'o for Us. Wow. Hey. Brie Larson for Room. Francis McDormand for three billboards outside Edmond, Missouri. Margot Robbie and I, Tanya.
2: Mm. Nice.
3: Saoirse Ronan in Ladybird. Kate Blanchett in *Blue Jasmine*. Yeah. Natalie Portman for *Black Swan*. Amy Adams in *Arrival*. Olivia Colman in *The Favorite*. Tony Collette for *Hereditary*. Ooh. There you go, Matt. How are you feeling? I know, right. <laughs> And Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl.
2: Yes, she's so said? fantastic in that movie.
3: For best ensemble of the decade, we have special shout out to Ryan C. Showers, American Hustle. <laughs> I, I, I had to shout him out for it. It's the only nomination that film got. <laughs> <laughs> Parasite, Birdman, The Favorite, Widows. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Moonlight, bridesmaids, mm. spotlight, and knives out. Those are all incredible ensembles. Very, very good job, community. Okay, director. This is this is crazy, uh, but mm. here we go. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, it's just a, it's just a lot. This is where like ties were starting to happen. Mm. All right, here we go. Damien Chazelle for La La Land. David Fincher for The Social Network. Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Mm. Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Of course. George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road. Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Paul Thomas Anderson for The Master. Gravity, Alfonso Cuaron again. Sam Mendes for 1917. Mm. Pour one out. Martin Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. Christopher Nolan for Inception, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Denis Villeneuve for Arrival, and Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird.
1: Good.
3: All right. I was getting a little
1: worried when I heard a bunch of names that were dudes, but glad there was at least one.
3: <laughs> one I'm, I'm I'm, more, I got to say, like, I was a little disappointed, and I'm going to just give a shout out right now. Catherine Bigelow directed the shit out of Zero Dark Thirty People. She did. Uh, and I don't know why I did not get enough votes. I was very disappointed in one. that. She is my personal director winner that year. Same. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a fun, fun, fun category because it's best overlooked film. So, Ooh, I like this category. What I love about this is I love that there are movies in here that maybe were overlooked in the beginning of the decade, but now we look back and we're like, these movies fucking rule, man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, here we go. Uh... For some reason, I do have this in alphabetical order. Okay, that's cool. Uh, American Honey. Columbus. Mm. The Edge of Seventeen. Oh, so good. Mm. I love that movie. The End of the Tour. Oh, glad people one. remembered that one. Madeline's Madeline. Hmm. Margaret. The Place Beyond the Pines. The Writer. Short Term 12. Oh, it's so good sing street support the girls wow suspiria yeah swiss army man (laughs) waves and you were never really here
0: Uh,
3: mm. all right sci-fi horror film of the decade arrival get out hereditary ex machina inception blade runner 2049 the Witch, Midsummer, Gravity, Under the Skin, Ooh. The Lighthouse, mm. Annihilation, and Ad Astra. Wow. Ooh. Really great That's an list.
0: Interesting list. Yeah. yeah. And
3: I'm also happy
1: that Star Wars isn't there because Star Wars is not a science fiction movie.
3: <laughs> also, votes playing. Um, another case of that. Uh, comedy. Best comedy of the decade. Ooh. Ted. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the favorite, the Grand Budapest Hotel, Lady Bird, The Wolf of Wall Street, Booksmart, The Big Sick, Bridesmaids, Birdman, Eighth Grade, and 21 Jump Street. All right. Okay. would have liked to have seen Spy sneak in there, but... It, overall, hey, we cool. got we got Bridesmaids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh for Best Action Film of the Decade, 1917. Uh, Avengers Endgame uh, made the cut here. Mm-hmm. Snowpiercer, Baby Driver, Skyfall, The Raid Redemption, hmm. Drive, Edge of Tomorrow, Dunkirk, Mission Impossible Fallout. Mad Max Fury Road, and John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. Thank
0: you. I was getting nervous.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I can't wait to watch all of them lose to Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> Documentary of the decade. Uh, I think this is an alphabetical. Um, the Act of Killing. This is not an alphabetical. That's okay. O.J. Made in America. 13th. That's great. Amy. Apollo 11. Mm-hmm. Citizen Four, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Yes. Oh, such a good movie. Good one. Free Solo, Minding the Gap. Oh, thank you so much, community. Jane, Won't You Be My Neighbor, Mm. and Life Itself. All right. My top two documentaries of the decade made it in. I'm happy. For Best International Feature Film of the Decade, Parasite, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Roma. A more, Cold War, yay! Shoplifters, mm. the Handmaiden, or right? It's called the Handmaiden, right? Yeah. I always yeah, confuse it yeah. with the Handmaid's Tale. I, yeah. I always get it yeah, so I confused. Know, but it, it's the Handmaiden, and it's yeah, 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 so yeah. good. Uh, sticking with South Korea, Burning, Incendies, Son of Saul, A Separation, The Hunt. Mm. And Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Great, great list. Animated Film of the Decade. Wreck-It Ralph.
0: Mm. Aw, yay.
3: Toy Story 3. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Zootopia. Anomalisa. Yay. How to Train Your Dragon. Coco. Isle of Dogs. Oh, another nice surprise. Inside Out. Frozen, Vallejo Movie, Moana, and Your Name. Wow. Mm. There are a lot of Your Name fans out there. I gotta say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then for best picture, best picture of the decade. Mm. Big one. I know. It's very, very subjective. Here we go. Boyhood. Okay. Moonlight. Yep. Parasite. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Inside Lou and Davis. Ooh. Whoa. Arrival. Good okay. girl. The master. Yes. Inception. Yep. Okay. Birdman. Alright. Okay. Get out. Nice. The social network. Mm-hmm. What
0: she deserves.
3: The favorite. What she very much deserves. La La Land.
2: Nice.
3: Whiplash. Okay. Lady Bird, Her, My Baby,
0: (laughs) I'm so happy,
3: Roma, Mad Max Fury Road, 12 Years a Slave, The Wolf of Wall Street, and finally, Call Me By Your Name. Wow. You know the movie that I'm actually really surprised showed up in multiple
1: places is The Wolf of Wall Street.
3: I think that that movie just has its fans, you know.
1: I guess I mean I really like it too, but like best of the decade, I'm surprised that so many people came out
3: for it. I, I just think people like really remember the dialogue from it a lot, and it's a very quotable movie, yeah. you know. So and it's
1: incredibly memefied
3: too. <laughs> it, yeah, it's
1: just it's fun. Mm-hmm. It is.
3: Yeah, I did a meme on it the other day to somebody. It was like the line where Matthew McConaughey is like, "Well, how the fuck else would you do this job?"
0: <laughs> oh, I do like do they know that this is like legal or okay? Absolutely fucking not. I use that one a lot.
3: <laughs> and now to uh, end uh, this week off here, um, we're not going to get to any trailers this week. Sorry. I think the fan questions are a little bit more important in this case, and I don't want to keep you guys all day. So uh, we have Isaiah Washington asking us, who in your opinion is the best performer of the decade? For me, it comes down to Joaquin Phoenix, Scarlett Johansson, and Leonardo DiCaprio. I know we heard a shout out for Amy Adams before, and I think I might stick with that actually.
1: I would too. I I think that if you really do look at the collective body of work, like Amy Adams, just one movie after another, it's just, it's like she just tops
3: herself over and over again.
0: She killed this decade. Yeah. Like 100%
3: killed it. Uh, Josh Blumenkranz asks us, who do you think will never win an Oscar in any category? Oh man. (laughs) Can I save a director of Guns Akimba? (laughs) (laughs) Uh... That's that's tough because it could happen for anybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm positive.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is tough because like sometimes the reasons that you don't win an Oscar are political and sometimes it's just, a you know, bad luck, you know, that you just happen to be in a year where you might deliver good work and it just doesn't work out in your favor. So it's it's hard to answer that question because sometimes the person you thought would never win would end up still doing it in the end.
3: Luca Gilberti asks us, are there any movie tropes you can remember from this past decade that you found incredibly annoying? And if so, which is the worst and most prominent one in your opinion? Oh, man.
1: Mm, the worst movie trope of a decade.
3: Um, Well, you know what? This really isn't pertaining
1: to um, a movie, but it's more like the tropes that we see in trailers, which is obviously when Inception came out, there was the the Inception blah that started to get used. That did eventually get very oh
3: yeah for a while. Mm-hmm. This is actually not something that I am annoyed by. I actually like it. Um, I like this a lot, but it, so it's not it's not answering the question. But um, Parasite just recently did it, and La La Land did it. I like endings. Uh, Little Women to an extent did it. I like endings that show us um, a possibility of, like, an alternative reality of what could have happened, but that's not really what happened. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a... Have you a cake and eat a two ending is what yeah, I call it. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah.
3: Yep. I like those. Uh, a trope, in, like, I'm trying to think of a trope in storytelling itself mm-hmm. that I... Oh, you know what? Here's one. Um, I actually like Adam McKay's style that he has developed with The Big Short and Vice. I like it used in those two movies. I don't like any other movies since then trying to use it, like The Larger Mat, like Bombshell, for example.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could argue that they're not that effective
3: in Big Short and Vice either. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Alrighty. What else we got here? Oh, you know what's another thing, too, that I'm getting a little annoyed by? Why do uh, live-action movies have to have, like, an animated uh, prologue, you know, with, like, you know, explaining, like, some backstory?
1: Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I get that. But it doesn't seem to happen enough for me to really get that bothered by it. Eh, fair enough.
0: My main issue is just, like, I think we should stop remaking things and we should start having writers write things. It's that not really is a trope.
1: Big, yeah, that, to me, I think that is the answer. Like, all of these That's Disney live-action remakes, I like, that, to me, is the biggest trope that needs to end. <laughs> yeah,
0: just, just write stories.
3: Yeah, if we're going to go back to, like, uh, the conceptualization uh, phase of, like, you know, actually pitching a movie and so on and so forth, yeah, that needs to stop.
0: Yeah, that's what I... <laughs> I want people to write original stories.
1: That's what I want. Didn't mm-hmm. Disney announce that they're doing a live-action Tangled? How? How? Yeah, I think
0: They so. shouldn't. Like, stop it. Like, if you want to, I guess, make it a stage show for, like, the parks or for Broadway, like, that's fine. But, like, just write your own stories. Like, I get it. It might take longer, but... How cool is it to make an original story and then put it out into the universe? That's why we. Do, that's why you do it. It's not just to cash in on because it makes money because you know it's a successful story.
3: Yeah. Ronaldo Sosa asks us, if Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out now, made the same box office, had the same competition that it had in 2000, do you think it could win Best Picture?
1: Mm, maybe. I mean, the competition in 2000 was
3: really, really Huge, tough. yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I have a hard time seeing that happening.
1: That was a big year. Yeah, I think the main thing is just because it had. If it was the same competition, that's what really puts me off of that idea. Because Gladiator and
3: uh, Traffic were really, really on its heels too. Follow up question from Ronaldo: What's your favorite Ma meme?
0: Manchester by the Sea.
3: Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I think it. my I think my favorite is
1: actually Mama Deus.
2: <laughs> i think mine is rocket ma
3: oh that was so good too i thought the first ma one was really good <laughs> <laughs> it's so good
1: uh, although also shout out to our own cody derricks for actually starting this trend way
3: back when before it became an actual thing with spider ma yep yep <laughs> true that uh scott kernan asks us out of the four acting winners of this year which do you think was the closest, and which one do you think was won by a huge margin?
0: I think Joaquin Phoenix won by a lot.
1: Yeah, I would actually say he probably won by the biggest margin. Yeah.
3: I would agree with that. I think that the closest was probably... I think the closest might have been actress.
2: I think supporting actress. Did, is, yeah, I think supporting yeah.
3: actress is actually the closest. Yeah? Yeah. See, I, I, I feel like everybody and their mother wanted to. It wanted it to be Laura Dern.
0: Yeah, but I also but like she feel like, obviously wasn't the strongest.
1: Yeah, I also just feel like you did have some support for Scarlett and JoJo, especially considering how strong that movie kind of came on at the end. Whereas I think an actress, I think we like to tell ourselves that that was a close race, but I think people just saw Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland and said, "That's it. Like we're just gonna vote for her no matter what."
3: Maybe this. Maybe the closest was supporting that. Maybe. Supporting actor, I mean. Oh, I don't think that. No? All right. No. Well, maybe they were all blowouts then.
0: <laughs> I mean, they all swap. They are.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think in the most traditional sense, they were blowouts. But I think – I actually think that the male races were not very close and the, the female acting winners were somewhat closer but not really that
3: competitive. All right. Adam Clay. At A Clay 19 asks, with Parasite showing that international films can win Best Picture despite having their own category, do you think that we will see an animated film or a documentary win Best Picture one day?
1: Animated, maybe. Maybe. I still think documentaries have a long way to go, which is unfortunate because I love documentaries and they frequently show up on my list. I mean, documentary was my favorite movie of the year for one year this decade, but I still think there's a stigma against Nonfiction storytelling, winning Best Picture. I I think that that is still a hurdle for documentaries to
3: overcome. Uh, and then Logan Van Winkle asks, "What is each person's most anticipated movie from now until the summer movie season begins?" Do I have to even say? Like you all know my answer, right? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I'm just... and those that don't know, it's no time to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Didn't even really. Well, if it's
0: say. From now from now until June I'm such Black Widow trash and I've been waiting for that movie since 2012 and I'm finally getting it and I'm super pumped and excited and I will be there opening night.
3: Huh. I'm I'm trying to think right now cuz I I don't typically think ahead too too much. So, hmm. I wonder what's even coming out over the next like <laughs> Yeah. I am looking forward to No Time to Die. I I definitely can Yeah. Uh, you know, I've already seen it, but I can't wait for you all to see Promising Young Woman. I am so excited for the world to just see that movie. Yeah.
0: I'm excited. That yeah.
3: comes out in April, so that fits the bill. Um, but something I haven't seen. You know, I gotta say, it comes out at the end of May, right before the summer. Uh, that trailer was amazing for The Green Knight. I can't wait to see what David Lowery's gonna oh, do.
1: Oh, Yeah. Oh, so looking forward to that one. I'm also looking forward to Antlers. I really want to see that. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Something tells me Scott Cooper is going to definitely do something really really cool with that movie in the same vein as like um like Ari Aster has done less like a couple of years. Like I feel like he's going to make like the the critically acclaimed horror film of the year, you know?
1: Yeah, and I'm really interested to see what he does in kind of a more Not broad genre, but something that isn't like these hard-hitting dramas that he's used to doing. I'm very interested to see what he can do with material like that. And Kerry
3: Russell and Jesse Plemons, too. Yeah. They're
0: great.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, well, that'll do it pretty much uh, on my end for this week. Uh, Next week, I will let you all know what the NBP film, um, like the MVP staff uh, uh, nominations are for the decade, and um, I will have the community uh, nominations go up pretty soon for those to be voted on. Uh, What else do we have going on? Um, We'll have a new podcast schedule posted for uh, next month uh, pretty soon as well, so we'll know what we're doing for the um, uh, the, uh, Patreon in that regard. And uh, we're going to be starting our 2014 retrospective super soon. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to that.
0: So excited.
3: Yeah, I can't wait to dive in and take a look back at some of those movies. And yeah, I'm really, really excited. Super excited.
1: Yeah. 2015 went so well. So I'm, I'm
3: so mm-hmm. pumped for this. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, does anyone else have anything before we go? No, I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. Okay, everyone. So Rebecca, where can I find you? On the internet.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Daniel95 and on my website, showmethemovies.net.
3: Awesome. Lauren, where can I find you?
0: You can find me on the Twitter at Lauren Lemango.
3: Josh. I'm on Twitter at JR Parham. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 182 of the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, ACAST, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.